Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome, JC. Howdy. We are... Let me pull that over there so I'm not yeah, have that. reaching your arm over there thing kind of thing going on. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. Devon Jewett says, or Donovan Jewett says, whoopee, here we go. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Well, it is Friday, isn't it? It is Friday. You know what? Um, I think, don't choke to me. I, yeah. Do the Heimlich over here. <laughs> oh. Dragon's Talon leading the charge with a Benjamin super chat already. Wow. Thank we haven't even you. Said so yet. we haven't even said anything yet. Like this could be, this could be the day when it all goes sideways. I man. know. And, and Dragon's Talon already, already loves us. <laughs> See, that's just in unconditional love right yeah. there, JC. Absolutely <laughs> unconditional love. Well, Chrisanne, uh, remember to hit the mute button over here so we won't have JC. Jacksonville, Florida. Chasing some crazy echo again because that was my fault yesterday. And I usually hit that button and I don't. Hello, everybody. You got somebody from Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, I kept thinking it was my cousin. I saw that name, and I was like, is that my cousin? No, it is your cousin, dude. No, he's in Texas. Are Rob? You, Rob? Oh, Rob Jackson. No, um, your other cousin was on here this week. The cool. other Jackson from Alachua. <laughs> Tom. Gotcha, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was on uh, the, a couple times this week, and I was like, hey, cuz, what's up, man? Cool. <laughs> I thought Rob was moved from Texas back to Jacksonville. I don't know, man. Is so Rob you, Jackson, if know. you're his cousin, let us know <laughs> so we can get in touch again. <laughs> so JC, um, today's show, I am your cousin. Okay, bro. there you go, man. I Good told to see you, you man. <laughs> All right, everybody. Oops, there we go. The obligatory commercial. <sighs> You guys get these commercials in the middle of your thing. Hey, JC, want to see something funny? Um, where's, where, where is this? Okay, here we go. Uh, I think I don't have to put this up on the full web page for you so everybody can see it. Otherwise, you can't see others. This is my Facebook page, JC. Look at that. I have been Facebook slammed by the fact checkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my post contains false information checked by independent fact checkers. Mm-hmm. Is that nice? See, l- let's let's see why. Okay. Fact. ADA does not provide blanket exemptions from fact face mask requirements. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure That's not in the post. That is not in the post. Okay. Attention, everyone. There are blanket exemptions from the ADA. Yeah, no, 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 no. Requires, oh, and it requires reasonable accommodation to anyone who cannot wear a mask due to a medical condition. Medical condition. You You cannot be forced to disclose any medical condition, and the Supreme Court of the United States recognizes a constitutional right to privacy. So USA Today, if, I mean, if we didn't already know your liars and Marxist statist idiots mm-hmm. uh you know we'd say oh i guess they can't read right right that that would be like the good explanation if we gave you morons the benefit of the doubt we'd say oh, i guess they can't read but this actually reveals I, I, I mean which is worse are you revealing that you are a liar 
or you're revealing that you don't have a freaking eighth grade equivalent education. Right. And I said here, no business may deny you service. Okay. Mm. That's not the same as admittance. Correct. Right? Because you can get a reasonable, reasonable accommodation. Reasonable like you had a guy contact you, I think about food or whatever, and they and they told him, okay, you can stand right there and we will serve you yes. outside, you know, in front of the door. And you mm-hmm. told him, well, you know, I, that's, re- could that's, be, re- that's reasonable that's accommodation reasonable or could accommodation. be argued to be reasonable accommodation. So that actually fits into the stipulation. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fact check. Idiots. The fact checks are actually fake checks. No, I mean, and everybody knows that. I, mean, I, that's, I know that's this. The like, JC, when is the last joke. time you saw me have 10? Have You've seen my yeah. website give 10 shares. Right. So that's the problem. Yeah. So, you know, reasonable people know it's a joke, but it comes along with throttling. Well, and it also comes along with threats. Yeah. Because if you share this, now the fake checkers are blasting mm-hmm. that you're blasting fake news on mm-hmm. your on your Facebook page. Yeah. So then you get all the crazy people and all your friends that are idiots coming on saying, why are you posting fake news? Why are you posting fake information? You know, I'm not posting fake information. There is absolutely nothing in this post anywhere that is fake. So this should be clipped out. We need Thaddeus to clip this, and then you can post this little segment as yeah. a video on your Facebook. Uh, there you go. And explain to explain. the either illiterate or liar fake checkers at USA Today uh, what the thing actually says. So, JC, I want to I wanna do a little history lesson today because It's our... shocking to make a newspaper when you can't read. I know. Like, how do you publish a newspaper and you can't read? I don't know, man. <laughs> so, our friend Miss Miriam sent us a, oh, a beautiful gift today. Uh, s- several gifts, actually. She sent you that hat. Jesus is my boss. Yes, he is. <laughs> Yes, he is. And she also said That's why me, I don't listen to you other morons trying to tell me what to do. She also You ain't my boss. She also sent me this pin, which is a replica of George Washington's merit badge. Yeah. This, by the way, I thought this would be a cool, cool little history moment on Friday. This is where we get the Purple Heart. So uh, she sent me a cloth version, a felt version, just like the one that you see here. But this is the one that George Washington put out. Show it again. Oh, sorry. There. Yeah. Okay. So it's a felt version, just like the one you see in this picture. And what's interesting, JC, is that the merit badge from George Washington sort of slipped away until uh, the 1920s. And... Then it was brought back to life actually on uh, February 22nd, 1932, under George Washington's 200th birthday. The U.S. War Department announced the creation of the Order of the Purple Heart. Now, when George Washington handed out his merit badge, it was not for getting hurt. Mm-hmm. It was for any singularly meritorious action and permitted its wearer to pass guards and sentinels without a challenge, and the honoree's name and regiment were also to be described, uh, inscribed in the Book of Merit. Apparently, the Book of Merit was lost hmm. at some point in time, and so uh, we don't have that Book of Merit. We have the the names, I guess the History Channel has the names of the first three guys that got the the 
Washington's Purple Heart of Merit. And Miriam said that we deserved that. And I just, <laughs> I'm trying not to cry because awesome. I think that's really, really awesome. By the way, Very every awesome, every broadcast now, I don't, this probably doesn't happen on YouTube or excuse me, Facebook maybe. I, I don't know. But so every YouTube broadcast now, at the beginning of every show, there's at least, there's been at least two commercials mm-hmm. that cut off the beginning of the broadcast and, and the broadcast stops mm-hmm. and has to you have to restart it. Right. That's that's now been happening, what, like at least two weeks now. Oh, yeah, for two weeks. Every single yeah. show. Every show. So let me ask you again, because I have to do this, guys. I really, really hate this. This is the worst part for me. I have to ask you to go ahead while you're here, hit the thumbs up. I'm going to go ahead and click it for us. People are like, you like your own page? Well, of course I do. I like my page. If I didn't like my page, I wouldn't be here. Make sure that you also... Hit the little share thing down there. You see the little share. Hit the share. If you share it, that helps us get people watching. If you're watching us on Facebook right now, hit the thumbs up. You know, hit your like, hit your love, whatever you want to give us. And then also share it as well. I, I don't. It's crazy, JC. By this time, let's see, we have been live now for, uh, we've been live for 11 minutes. By this time, we should have over 100 viewers. Yeah. I, uh. I don't know why we can't set a date and vacate. You know, well, it's they hard to those, let go of they crack, do those man. Set a set a date and you know put the put the black square on your social media. Uh, you know, we you could know, do we could just crap. broadcast a black screen for twelve hours. No, but there should be. I mean, why can't people who love free speech say, okay? You know, on, Thank you for sharing on, on date X, we are all migrating from YouTube to somewhere. And that's, whatever. that's the point. The somewhere. Where's the no, somewhere? No, but there is. There are multiple options. Yeah. But. Yeah. I would like I mean, to be able to ridiculous. do this just on our on our website. Well, you, you know? could. I would love to just run this on our website. Just tell everybody. You know, we could do a transition period to move people over. You could still share it on Facebook. We could broadcast to YouTube, maybe, but originate from our website. Yeah. That's that's what I'd like to do. I'd really like to do. Well, thank you, everybody, for... Look at those thumbs going up. They're great. Everybody, thank you very, very much. So, watch the money, JC. Are you ready to watch the money? So, Ben Swan, come on, man. Get to yeah, work. hurry up, man. Killing me. So, last week I reported that... The federal government has promised $1.95 billion to produce a million COVID-19 vaccine doses by millions. Sorry, millions. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was like 100 million. I don't know where it is in here anymore, but uh, by the end of the year. Okay. So count that $1.95 billion. Well, guess what the Hill is publishing today? What's that? The Hill is publishing today that we have just pl- pledged $2.1 billion to Glaxo and Sanofi for a cor- cor- uh, coronavirus vaccination. So that's an addition? In addition... So this is someone else? Yes, this is Pfizer. someone else. Okay. Pfizer gets the $1.95 billion. So that's $4 billion and gl- Yeah. So yeah. far? I mean, just those two? Just those two. Get f- together. $4 billion for coronavirus vaccine. 
Vaccines for up to 50 million people. I, you know, we're getting a better deal from Pfizer because I'm pretty sure <laughs> Pfizer is giving us a... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Pfizer to produce 100 million doses of vaccines... For 2 billion. For 1.95 billion. But here we or go, 2.1 billion, billion. They're going to give us half of that mm-hmm. for more money. Right. Well, and remember that... That that doesn't uh, vaccinate very many people. If if we oh here's what it is. Remember what Look Bill the, Gates says. Now it's yeah. going to take more. Well, okay, than so one shot. Here's the fine print. It's the same number of vaccines, but these you have to do two per person. Two per person. Two per person. Forty two dollars per person. The deal allows the order of five hundred well, million more doses from the two getting. companies at an unspecified price. Oh, look at that. Not only are we going to pay them $2.1 billion to make it for 100 million vaccinations. Are you ready for this? We are also promising to buy 500 million more doses, and we haven't set a price yet. I wonder if that's going to be like the Medicaid pharmaceuticals, where they can just charge us whatever the heck they want to charge us. Well, don't forget the lemmings get to pay 42 bucks a piece. For uh, taking the shot, yeah. So, like I said, I know, I I know at least eighty four dollars that won't be getting paid. Well, we'll pay it. We're just not going to be taking it. I'm not paying for something I'm not taking. Well, then I'm you're not, not filing either. your federal taxes anymore. Then what? <laughs> That's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, so I, r- I remember um, what was that thing back. Uh, I don't know, maybe two years ago now, mm-hmm. maybe more, where if you hadn't paid taxes, like back taxes, someone mm-hmm. is accused of back taxes, mm-hmm. then they would revoke your passport. Oh, Remember no, that's that? no, that's still there. Yeah, that's the. Um, so is that safety and transportation act so, of 2012? So, so if you now, are significantly in back taxes, they'll re- they'll revoke your passport without due process. Yeah. So wait for that to get the connected to vaccines. Mm-hmm. And there's, a, you know, so what do you have to do? Take your receipt. Like there'll be some line on your taxes and you provide proof. You provide your receipt that you've paid the right. $42 twice to get vaccinated or... The people getting vaccinated uh, probably will have to input that into a national database. Now, that's assuming, you know, that's ignoring the idea of the chip and uh, mm-hmm. nanotechnology and all this tracking crap. Uh, or or they issue some card or put some stamp on your hand or forehead. Yeah. Whatever. There you go. But it's no passport. Right. Right. Yep. And that's 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 where you'll be, because if you don't pay your taxes because you don't want to pay for a vaccination, uh, then, you know, but pay for the vaccination because you already pay for abortions. Yeah, you are pay every time you pay your taxes, you pay for abortions. Don't tell me, oh, Chris Ann, the federal law says we're not our tax dollars don't go to fund abortion clinics. Okay, you think that's the only way we pay for abortions? Do you know how much do you know how many body parts our federal government buys for research? 
Right. I wanted to read this to you. This is um, Thomas Jefferson wrote a reply in 1775 to Lord North that had to do with taxation. Okay. He says the and, and this is just a segment from the letter and I've and I've I love this because this has been this has been a real help for me in my life. He says the privilege of giving or withholding our monies is an important barrier against the undue exertion of prerogative, which if left altogether without control may be exercised to our great oppression. And all history shows how efficacious. I like that word, by the way. I use it all the time. Efficacious. All history. It's a very effective word. Yes. <laughs> all history shows how efficacious its intercession for redress of grievances and reestablishment of rights and how improvident would be the surrender of so powerful a mediator. So remember, our founders, this is 1775. We're about to publish our Declaration of Independence. We're already refusing to pay the stamp tax and the other taxes that are being imposed upon us. And Jefferson's saying to Lord North, don't get your panties in a wad because we're not paying our taxes. It's our right to refuse to pay our taxes. And I love this, JC. Do you see what other inalienable right he attaches the right to refuse to pay taxes with? What's that? The right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Your right to petition the government for a redress of grievances, our founders expected to be exercised in many different ways. One of them is to protest in the streets peaceably, you know, whatever. Another is to withhold your taxes. I bet the IRS wouldn't appreciate that little bit of information, but there you have it. From the lips of Thomas Jefferson. You have something you want to read out loud over there? No, I just just was reminding myself of some some pre news that I was familiar with. Some pre news? Yeah, pre news. Tell me what pre news is. Pre news? I don't know what that is. That's yes. that's news of something before it actually comes to pass. Oh. Pre news. Is that like premonition? Pre pre news. Okay. And the pre news says, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehand foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had, uh, save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Well, you saw, I, I don't know if you saw this. I posted this in social media. I wonder if, because I have my Facebook page up here. I wonder if I can um, find it again. I found on, um, oh, I probably put it on Twitter. That's where it was. Anyway, I was, when Sonny and I were traveling for our classes, I found this post, this let this piece of paper posted to the front of the racetrack. Mm -hmm. And let's see, there we go. Due to the nationwide coin shortage from, from the Federal Reserve, we ask that you use contactless mobile payment, a credit card or or credit or debit card or exact change to make your purchases if possible. We we apologize for your incon for the inconvenience. Did mm -hmm. COVID kill our coins? It's just all progression. It's all building. We're gonna have we're gonna be forced direction. to go digital. I mean, the American people are not like the Chinese. We're not ready to start burning our dollars in the streets like the Chinese did, right? So they they create the crises to get us. Uh, further and further towards the digital. So then, you know, then you have to have that digital thing in your right hand or in your forehead. Mm -hmm. That's just bizarre, though, in your forehead. Who's going to put 
a chip in their forehead? What would be the... I mean, I'm just trying Sister, to Sister, have you seen the things people do with their faces and heads and... <laughs> I mean, people getting horns surgically. Okay, but here's put in here's how I envision this, right? You get it in your grinding hand, grinding their teeth down to look like a freaking lizard or something. I'm going to pay my I'm going to pay my my groceries at Publix, eh, right? On my right hand, or I go. No, it already exists. No, they're already doing that. No, that's already a thing. Put it on my forehead. I'm just I mean, saying the whole forehead thing. Yeah, yeah, weird. I know about the forehead, but the, the, but the thing, thing, but the thing weird. in the arm, it's already that already exists. <laughs> it's already happening. So, JC, I wanted to talk about to, about what we need to do to end the state and local mandates. And I was actually inspired by you. Yeah, the mark is in your mind. Yeah, there you go. I mean, oh, that, that's there the you thing. go. Well, your forehead is your frontal lobe. Well, it's about allegiance. Where, yeah. it's, it's about allegiance. So whatever, whatever, you know, uh, whatever physical form that takes, you know, it's basically the, the, just, the, the idea there in, in the scripture is you're giving allegiance to that system. Uh-huh. And... You know, bowing to that system uh, and saying and saying, um, I mean, you're, you're going along because because they're saying you right. you you agree you, you bow to the system and then you can eat, you can trade and you can travel. Um, don't bow the system and, and lose your head. So Rob says that So whether the literal whether, you know, literally, I mean, the, the argument over literal metaphorical whatever is, is irrelevant. What is the meaning? The meaning right. is bow, bow to the system. Yeah, it's, right. allegiance. it's allegiance. It's allegiance. You know, and, and of course, in a biblical context, it's allegiance to the Antichrist. Now, Rob, cousin Rob says uh, the Fed stopped printing coins. And here's my will we get rid of the Federal Reserve when we're not printing dollars anymore? I mean, if they're not no. going to be putting money out on the cotton labeled printing no, press, then not. why don't we just get rid of the get rid of them? Why yeah. would we need them? I'm trying not to get all preachy, but. Yeah. No. <laughs> not. No. I know. I know it's not. But they'll find another excuse. It's anyway. part of the system. Yeah, it is part. It's a core part of, of the system. The system. So what do we really need to do to get to get rid of these uh, state and local mandates? Because you inspired me, and I wanted to go through. Be, and I've had people. You know, we had yesterday on the show somebody say, "Do you know anything about people's filing lawsuits against the mm. mask mandates?" And I'm like, "Yeah, by the way, I actually do. I was actually in a hearing." All after no, all day today. Yeah. Started at eleven o'clock. Picked up again at two o'clock. We had the hearing on one of our mask uh, lawsuits here in Hillsborough County, and uh, mind numbing, mind numbing. You should hear. You should heard the county attorney. I don't. I, I can talk about this stuff. It's all public record. You should have heard the county attorney. Uh, the most dangerous virus we've ever had. Bodies in the street. The most. The most. Uh, what did he? I, I can't re you remember the word, but the the crux of the situation was it is the most fatal virus we've ever had. Fake news. And and yeah, exactly. And so uh, the expert that they put forward was apparently the best that they could have. So I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited <laughs> that that was the best that they could have because sure enjoyed that expert. I sure enjoyed that expert. And I enjoyed the judge's reaction to that expert. So it was really awesome. Milton, thank you so much for your $5 super chat. What happened to the idea of Q&A Fridays? Well, those are not every Fridays, Milton. Those are just periodic Fridays because there still is a lot to cover, which is why we do five days a week nonetheless. But So I wanted to start 
with and I had I, I built this whole list of things that we can do because I know you 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 share this with me. What really, really annoys me is when people are like, what's the one thing? No, it's not a one thing thing. It's a cumulative of things. It's doing this over here and doing this over here and doing that over there. And, and not only doing those things, but as we learned from Bernie Thompson, doing those things persistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they were only you coming at you tenacious. one way, one time, then yes. it could be one thing. Yes. I have my, my, my Wonder Woman coffee mug today with my grapefruit juice in it. So, yes. Okay. Um, so the first thing that I want people to do. Okay, because people run around, you know, I got my pocket constitution, right? The first thing that I want people to do is learn their state constitution. You are. Let me just put it. the, The one thing you are not going to defeat the state and local mandates if you are not familiar with your state constitution. It's not going to work. It just simply will not work. And don't even pick up and puke out 14th Amendment to me because you know 14th Amendment does not work in this room. What's about jurisdiction? Yeah. Well, but the Supreme Court claims jurisdiction through everything through the 14th Amendment. So that's why I'm like, don't even no, tell me No, that, but, I'm, but I'm just saying that what you're saying is about jurisdictions. Yeah. You, you're not going to show up in... Uh, county Court. In the, in Hillsborough the, in County, the county Court. Yeah. You know, this, these, <laughs> like the EPG, the, the illegal... Uh, commission on a local level and go, the U.S. Constitution says right. they're, they're governed most directly. I got like, a what second what is amendment govern, right. What is governing them right, right, right. there? You right. know what I mean? I got a second amendment right. Okay, so every state constitution that I have read has a section like this one in the Florida Constitution called the Declaration of Rights. Mm-hmm. And so ours is online. You just click on it and then it gives you the sections with all of the rights and if people i'm convinced jc if people just sat down and looked i mean a lot of the state constitutions are just way too voluminous right but if the people just sat down and looked at their state constitution in that section of political power or in that section of declaration of rights and then they looked at their constitution in the section of uh, legislative and then the section of the executive and the le- section of the judiciary. They would get an understanding. I mean, you don't have to get into all the minutia of finance and taxation and, and education, all that stuff, unless that's a specific aspect of what you're fighting, mm-hmm. right? At least know what your declaration of rights is, what your bill of rights is, what your basic rights are. That's the kind of headings that I've seen in these state constitutions. Because it's going to be relevant to the fight. Because it's, it's relevant, relevant to, the, to argument. the argument and the fight. And you have to know legislative, you have to know your branches. You have to know how government is divided. And what's interesting... Who's supposed to be doing what and, and what authority do they have right, to do what they're exactly. doing? Exactly. In... Every constitution that I have read so far, and I have not read all 50, okay? But really, I will probably by the this time next year, I've got people having me come all over the place to teach this stuff now. So in every, uh, in every state constitution, there's a section like this one here. And I know you guys hate me when I do this on your cell phones, but here it is. It says... The powers of the state government shall be divided into legislative, executive, and judicial branches. 
No person belonging to one branch shall exercise any powers appertaining to either of the other branches unless expressly provided herein. This is your separation of powers clause. So this in these state mandates, because the majority of them are coming from executive departments. Okay, so you've got your your governor, which is the executive branch, mm-hmm. running around issuing executive orders as if they are to be pre- presented as law. And so what you need to understand is that your state constitution pro- prohibits violations of separation of powers. Your legislature, when you click on the legislature, I would say branch, it declares them unlawful and unconstitutional. It, it takes the people to prohibit it. Yes. Right. Exactly. Thank you. The uh, legislative portion will tell you that legislative power of the state is reserved or vested or delegated, they use those words, in a legislature, which Mm -hmm. means the lawmakers are the legislative branch. Then when you click on the section that talks about the executive, it's Article 4 in the Florida Constitution, it says the executive, which is your governor, The supreme executive power shall be vested in the governor, and it'll say that the governor's obligation is to take care that the laws be faithfully executed. So your governor has no authority to write laws. So you can do that. Now, when you know that, you can find a lawyer to file a lawsuit because that's one of your options. You file a lawsuit. But let me mention to you, of all the things that we do, JC, of all of these things that we're going to talk about today, this is probably the slowest solution and quite possibly the least effective. Hmm. Now, it is, let's just say, it's the nuclear bomb that drops when it goes in your favor. But if you win, as I was explaining today to somebody, if you win on the county level, okay, If you win on the county level, then you've wiped out the unconstitutional act at the county level. And that's it. You're done. But if you lose at the county level and you appeal to the circuit level and you win at the circuit level, boom, you've knocked out all those laws in the entire circuit. If you lose at the circuit level and you appeal to the Supreme Court level, boom, you've knocked out all those laws on a statewide level. Right. Mm -hmm. So. The, the harder you work, the greater return, if you win. But we know in some places, the, the courts are just simply not going to be on your side. Yeah, I mean, I, you find yourself in California, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a court that's going to find in your favor this way. Well, I think in, in, in looking at this stuff, you know, you start start closest you know Mm -hmm. as i was looking at today we have the epg oh i'm getting there i'm getting there i'm getting there thank you randall beyond the state level there's even right i think even closer well but closer is fighting it at the county level well i mean same argument and you you may even make that argument in the same place Mm -hmm. but i would i would think you'd want to bring that argument in when you even when you file a lawsuit Mm -hmm. uh if you're making only an argument uh you know to the state constitution without addressing the violations of county charters, right. et cetera, you're probably missing part of the argument. Right. So, Randall Crabtree, thank you for your Super Chat sticker with the blue pair that is bowing with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, so here's 
So now remember, I said this is a cumulative action. For me, even though I'm a lawyer, I'll tell you, if you're going to file a lawsuit, it's worthless if you're not doing everything else. So here's what we learned from our friend Bernie Thompson. I don't know. You want to put this in your ear, JC. Bernie made this video mm. for us because this was something that we were doing at the county level because our county commission, well, our EPG, which is called the Emergency Policy Group, was violating the rights of the people that were coming in. So Bernie made this this video for me. I'm not going to play all three minutes, but it'll give you an, an idea. See, all of now that all your county meetings are videoed, you can download them. And then you have this record. You can make your own little videos. Watch this. very politically charged issue. There are powers that want the numbers to be high because they want to shut our economy down for political gain, including members of this very group. There are three core corrupt members, and if you had any shame, I wouldn't be calling Excuse you Excuse me, out. sir. We, um, let me pause there for just a second. Because this, what's happening is, during these EPG meetings, they have a section for public comments. And this person, uh, Jason Kimball, has called. He's very upset with the county. He, he knows the local ordinances. He knows the county's power. And he's condemning them for continuing to violate the people's rights. In the voice you're about to hear is the chairman. His name is Les Miller. Excuse me, sir. Would you start? Excuse, excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. When you start getting personal, we're going to cut you off. Stop getting personal. Just continue your comments, but not get personal with the members, okay? Okay. I'm not getting personal, but we cannot tolerate corruption in the EPG, okay? So if you don't want to be called out, just don't be corrupt. It's a very simple. Uh, it's very simple, okay? So, Commissioner Overman. That's Mayor Caster, and honestly, Chair, I, I, I'm very disappointed in you. I, I don't understand. You're done, it sir. Like You're done. A, You're done. Cut him off, please. Okay. Cut him so off. Catch that. I asked him not he to. He just get... he just cut off his personal comment, mm -hmm. uh, his public comment, to which he has a right to petition the government for a redress of his yeah. grievances, which is already listed in our Florida Constitution as so, well. So Les Miller just violated the law. He just violated this the is law. Florida Sun, what, what we call here Florida Sunshine Laws. He violated Florida Sunshine Laws. He also violated Florida Constitution by eliminating his, his right to be heard, mm -hmm. to redress his grievances. So this was, this was the meet, first meeting. So Jason contacts me. I say, you call him back. Get personal, and he did just that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're there, the one thing we want you to do is have your say. But when you start getting personal, we don't want to do that. I warned him once not to get personal, and he did it again anyway. Now let me so mention to you, JC, and everybody that's listening, what we call that is content discrimination. Right. He can't tell you what you can and cannot say. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't go on the public comment section and say, I'm going to slit your throat or I'm right. going to, you know, burn down your house. Mm -hmm. But you are the whole point of freedom of speech. The whole point of it's the to right to, to do that is to criticize them. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the point. So he thinks it's personal. So so there and throughout the process, they were constantly violating Florida Sunshine Laws. Mm -hmm. now, now, of course, you know, the challenge is holding them accountable to that. Florida Sunshine Laws in Florida, as in most places, 
uh, it's it's almost a, a, a paper tiger because then you have to deal with the state attorney general and somebody's got to do something about it. So they were just constantly running these meetings however they want, violating sunshine mm-hmm. laws. So when you when you make a characterization of corrupt, that's corrupt. Right. Right. So it's not about personal like. I hate you, you're a bad father, and you right. beat your kids or whatever. No, he's talking within the realm of, of their function, what they're doing here in the business of fl- the, the Florida uh, citizens, mm-hmm. the voters. You're conducting our business in a corrupt manner. So he has no right to, to say, you can't say those things. Right, it's, exactly. It's the very purpose of having this forum. Right. Please, please, make your comments, whether you're pro-mask, against mask, whatever the case may be, but please do not get personal with the members of the EPG. We're not getting personal with you. Please don't get personal with Moving us. Moving to the public comment section. I'm going to put something new on the public comment section today. The Emergency Policy Group, the EPG, welcome comments from citizens about any issue or concern. Your opinions are vague in terms of providing input to the EPG members. However, is requested at the same time when you address the EPG that comments are not directed personally against an EPG member, a staff member, or a presenter, but rather directed at the issues. This provides a mutual respect between the EPG members and the public. 20 minutes has been set aside for public comment. So we have to stop killing our community. Ultimately, you guys are not rulers. This You're is Jason again. to the people, and I'm telling you, especially Vice Mayor Ross and Commissioner Merman, the people will hold you accountable come Election Day. The radicals won't be there to protect you in the future. They only need you now. You think the majority of Hillsborough citizens approve of what you're doing? You're wrong, Commissioner Merman. They don't. Do not allow this emergency policy group to dissolve Sir, in shame. Do not think, do the math. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Now listen to what he has to say, and and this is, okay, so the the whole opening statement that he gives is a complete violation. I mean, it is textbook stuff. When I was was practicing First Amendment law, this is textbook stuff, Mm -hmm. right? So I have been telling people over and over again, these these county people, they don't have a clue. I don't know if they went to the county attorney with that statement before they gave it, I can't imagine them giving that statement without going to the county attorney first. But you have to understand, the county attorney does not understand the Constitution. Apparently. Well, but again, constitutional law is very, very specialized. Only a handful of people actually practice that or even study it because you don't make money at it. But within this particular matter it's also very very clear it is very very clear it is absolutely very very clear and i'm not going to play the rest but miller goes on to give this big this is miller the the man the lady that that jason kimball was was telling that i'm not going to be uh you know you're going to be held accountable did she he didn't threaten them he said you will be come held elect- i think he said come election come time. election time right this is merman so then miller is going to spend the next the next 24 seconds apologizing to Merman for letting Jason Kimball speak. Right? So let me let me show you now. Within this realm, we have actually two things that you can do. You can be as Jason did and call in. Everybody needs to call in. Everybody needs to take up. There should never be a day in a county commission or a school board meeting or a city council meeting when there is extra time left over for public comment. 
Mm-hmm. It should always be maxed out. Everybody should be calling like Jason did. And then number two is making the videos. Yeah, everything is everything is recorded now. So anytime you speak to these guys or question and they respond, mm-hmm. I mean, you have ready-made material to then begin exposing these people. Yeah, what's amazing is that um, our... EPG things were were even they have the words at the bottom right yeah so they're already transcribed you don't mm-hmm. even have to do anything extra thank you Larry Rogers for your fifty dollars super chat he says the coin shortage is the first step of going cashless microchips with your bank info and the right. mark of the beast yep absolutely yes ninety eight Charlie ninety eight Charlie so there we have it, right? You can you have to know your state constitution. This is where we are so far. You file a lawsuit, but filing a lawsuit alone is not going to help. You have to also be involved locally. It's not going to help. Well, well, it is going to help, but I think that it's not it, the single solution is what you're trying right. to say. I don't. The only thing to do. I think that if the only thing you're doing is filing a lawsuit, it's not going to work. I really think it's not going to work. You have to have public support behind that. And part of the reason is they know that the lawyers and the courtrooms are and are all, you know. What exactly do you mean public support? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being involved at the county level, about public involvement. Public involvement, yeah. Going. So you're not saying a majority of people's got to be on your side. No, 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 no. I'm not saying a majority of the people's on our side. I mean the people who are on our side have to be involved publicly, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to do what Jason's doing. You have to call in. You have to do that. Now, here's what we did after that, right? So you have have the the video. From that, I wrote a letter to the county attorney. I hope this letter finds you well. A genuinely concerning matter has come to my attention that must be immediately addressed to prevent further harm. And I outlined and I gave the county attorney the, the, the law. Right. And then told them, you, you will wrong. not do this again mm-hmm. or we will sue you. Right. Here's the thing. People are like, well, not everybody's an attorney. Blah. Let me tell you what. An attorney will write a letter for you for like 150, 200 bucks max. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not a guarantee of a lawsuit. Most attorneys will, will, will. For us, this fee, whatever their hourly rate is, write you a cease and desist letter. As a matter of fact, if you know your state constitution, you can take the letter that I wrote and just use it as a template. Right. Right. But you have to know it. So here we have. Right. As a group, like if you have. Yeah. I mean, anybody can study their constitution and look right. at the law. You write something like this and you don't say I'm an attorney. And I'm going to sue you. You could say we're this group. This was going to happen, or we will get an attorney to, to sue, sue you. you. Right, exactly. So you can you write your own letters. I think uh, an attorney letter to the county attorney is powerful, but I also believe a group letter written mm-hmm. to the to the members and the county attorney. See, what I did was I wrote the letter to the county attorney, and then I I emailed every single county commissioner every single member on the EPG which is the which are three mayors a sheriff uh, a member of the school board and county and a handful of county commissioners right mm-hmm. i emailed them all the letters so they would all get it at the same time and they would all realize that what he's doing is wrong 
So now, not only have I informed the county attorney, I've informed everybody on the board. So then you can get your, your help from the people on the board who don't want to violate people's rights, mm. right? So then, how else do you get involved? Now, you did this. You made this. This is what inspired me to finally do this show to begin with. So you made this Facebook post about our emergency planning group. You saw the video. You saw the little the yeah. chat room of who all they are. And you went in and you said, who will be accountable for violating the Hillsborough County's charter? Who created the illegal body known as the EPG in violation of the county charter? Who is responsible for declaring this de facto martial law? Who removed your representative from elective position? Will Merman, Will Merman, Overman, Miller, Cronister, Ross, Lott, Snively, Castor, Wise be held accountable for violating the Hillsborough County Charter by issuing ordinances outside of their delegated authority? Now, what I want you to do, JC, is I want you to explain to the people. Yeah. Where did you start and how did you get this this information well first off i i intend to uh make a kind of a broader version to put on your website with your permission and absolutely and additionally it's my intent to turn that into a letter to the editor to every paper mm-hmm. in this county and in this this area so that's that's the other thing i wanted to do with this as well but uh this goes to what i was saying where you you start so you're talking about People, these are county officials, okay? So, therefore, they're part of county government. Mm-hmm. Every every county has some sort of charter or something. Like, there are, you pointed to the state constitution. There are ports, por- portions of a state constitution that govern uh, county, that that um, outline, you know, re- basic requirements of county government. And then, specifically, there are county charters that create the county mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, outline what it will be. So, I mean... As far as where did I start, I Googled uh, Hillsborough County Charter. And, right. you know, within a half a second, well, I, I, I was reading it. Yeah, but see, I don't want you to skip the, the easy parts because I think it's important for people to understand just how simple it actually is. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of Googling county charter. Your, your county charter. So your then, county, I mean, not everybody has a county charter. They call them by different right. names, but you've got to get informed on the legal no, and that sort of and thing. And that's one of the issues as far as making the argument and your approach i think you have to understand too because in in uh in america we have uh dylan rule home rule those those issues Mm -hmm. so there and then and then partial home rule or whatever uh so your you know your county where depending on where you are your county governance you know may be different so in florida florida is uh, by and large, a home rule state in 19, I think, 83, um, Hillsborough County become, became a home rule county. And so there's their charter for 1983 and, uh, you know, all whatever it is today. But when you look at the charter, it, it it reflects, it mirrors what you were pointing out in the state constitution. So so the charter is like the county's constitution. So the county's constitution essentially mirrored the state constitution in regards to the the fundamental makeup of government, right? Because mm-hmm. it mirrors the republic in general. Uh, so I think the U.S. constitution requires the states to be 
Republican-style representative government, right? right? And so that just, that's the same at every level. So when you look at the county charter, it has separation of powers, mm-hmm. and it very clearly says that all legislative authority is invested in the legislature. Right. And that would you be... You actually pulled this this up, and I'm going to go ahead and yeah. put that up there for and, so everybody can and, see. Now, let me pause you for just one second, JC, because we had a question in the chat room. What is home rule? What is Dillon rule? Let me explain to you. Dillon rule says that the state's orders are superior over any county order. So if you have a challenge of authority, the county cannot supersede the state on issues uh, not specifically delegated through the Constitution. A home rule state is where issues don't have to be specifically delegated through the Constitution. The local power supersedes state-level power. Yeah, so the so state, you posted the state this doesn't... Right here, your stuff. In Florida is a home rule state, and so the state government doesn't rule or overrule counties. That's not how we work. So in the home rule counties... Um, you know, they can they can make ordinances and assign penalties for those things and whatnot. So uh, but so in the charter, in the home rule charter for the you know, which basically creates the county of Hillsborough in its current mm-hmm. governmental format. It's like the uh, county's constitution. Exactly. And so it says all legislative power is is uh, in the legislative body which is which would be your your county commission well, it says right here the board of county commissioners yeah so in our case county commissioners um you know you have different terminology in different places throughout the country but so it'd be the same kind of thing on the city level in um you know whatever what do they call it city council and things right. like that and even within the hillsborough county charter it talks about not only a separation between the branches, executive mm-hmm. and legislative. It also talks about a separation between the municipal government, that is the mm-hmm. city of Tampa, mm-hmm. and Hillsborough County. They are not mixed. They are, they are distinctly separate and cannot, mm-hmm. cannot mix. Hillsborough County does not have jurisdiction over the municipal, uh, within the municipal boundaries of Tampa, mm-hmm. nor does Tampa have jurisdiction over the county. They are separate. Right. Okay, so that's all in uh, in there, um, and then I I also I searched um, I forget what I searched I looked up I googled something in particular that brought up um, guidance from the state attorney general, mm-hmm. and I came across a letter that specifically addressed this separation mm-hmm. between county and municipal. And in particular, numerous times in the attorney generals, this is like from 1981, still mm-hmm. standing, I think Ashley Moody, the current attorney general, reshared this in this current context about uh, these mandates. And it said the legislative body, it kept repeating legislative body, legislative body, legislative body um, has the authority to you know, make these ordinance and mm-hmm. penalties and, and that sort of thing. So here's the problem. In Hillsborough County, and I don't know how this, I don't know if this has happened in any way anywhere else in the country, but it's crazy. In Hillsborough County, they created, they, I don't even know who they, somehow was created this board, this EPG, which actually is made up of, what is there? Three, there's two mayors and a vice mayor. The two sheriff, mayors, vice mayor, the sheriff, a, a school, a school board, board member, member, 
and a couple of county, I think three, three county, county commissioners. commissioners. Yes. Okay. So, th- so it's a total mixture of legislative and executive uh, people, mm-hmm. officials, as well as combining jurisdiction. Right. The, the caster is the mayor of Tampa. She she has no jurisdiction over the county Much whatsoever. Much less law writing authority. So and so is the mayor of Plant City. And the vice mayor has of no Temple jurisdiction Terrace. over the entire county. The vice mayor of Temple Terrace, mm-hmm. and then and then a and the sheriff, sheriff who is part of the executive. Yeah, right? and the school board member. So this is not the legislative body. This mm-hmm. is this is by by no stretch of the imagination a legislative body mm-hmm. in a, a properly authorized legislative body in Hillsborough County. And and here's the so thing. They, so they make the argument about the emergency and the virus. Yeah. Look, these are how many? Uh, Ten, eight people meeting uh, remotely. What? Who's making an argument that, the, that you know, Seven s- similar human beings called the Board of that County we've elected, called the Board of County Commissioners, can't conduct their meetings in the same what makes these people special that they can do it mm-hmm. and our actually authorized constitutional chartered legislative body can't do this so to, in my mind or it seems to me through this analysis the EPG is completely illegal yeah absolutely. A, 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 a totally uh extra governmental body exactly and therefore every order that they've made and everything they've done should be null and void illegal illegitimate and not only that i think every one of these people should somehow be held accountable for conducting this is a this is really a rogue it's fraudulent government absolutely fraudulent Fraudulent. it's like rogue it's like you could have you know three members of I don't know, Bautista's, mm-hmm. you know, Contras come up here and set up some body and say they're going to issue orders over the government. This is we a completely illegitimate a, body. We have a, just a few minutes left, so there, and there's a couple more things that I want to tell us, the things that we can do. So we, we, can, we have to learn our Constitution. We have to file, we can file a lawsuit, but we must back the lawsuit with, with support from the public. We must be involved in our meetings. We must be responsive in our meetings. We can write letters we can get involved. We can write letters to the editor. We do our right. research. Here's the other thing. This is and, then, a, and be familiar with your con with your county charters your and your county, city charters. With your county charters. So this came across my radar today, actually, because of the hearing that I was involved in. And uh, back in uh, back 20 years ago, Tampa outlawed lap dancing. And they created a six-foot rule for strip clubs. You're not allowed to be six feet, any closer than six feet to your customers if you're not wearing any clothes. Okay? So you can see how that came up in my, my hearing today. Anyway. Sure. But they have this thing now. Uh, and, and, and the response, I'm trying to get away from the pictures here. <laughs> but <laughs> the response by the strip clubs was, was what I want to show you. Okay? The response was they went about their business and they got they got arrested mm-hmm. and they got arrested in mass. They got arrested with so many and they showed up. Here they are showing up. Uh, here they are showing up at my at the I'm sorry, JC. Uh, they show up at the county commissioner's meeting where they're going to pass this law to, you know, for their six foot rule. And then at the end of the day. When the new mayor of Tampa goes away and we or the old mayor goes away, we get a new mayor 
all of the sudden the enforcement stops. And the in the answer is in the article is that they said we don't have the resources to deal with all of the infractions, all of the tickets that were been written. And so for me, I thought, this is amazing. There were over 300 arrests by the end of July 2001 for this. They just said, fine, I'm going to violate. They said they would come in and raid these strip clubs. They would arrest the people. And then the people who weren't arrested would go about doing what they were doing before the people got arrested. So they were continually having to arrest people. So the mass noncompliance drained the resources from the enforcement. The the mass noncompliance drained the resources. Stop wearing your mask and make them enforce the law. Mm-hmm. Make them enforce it right now. Nobody's enforcing it now. That you'd be like, "Hey, Chrisanne, that's that's easy to say. You're not the one getting arrested." But here's the bottom line: you gotta. You there's going to be when government has been unchecked for so long and has become this tyrannical. You're going to have to have a group of people willing to make that kind of sacrifice. They mm-hmm. did that during the civil rights movement. The sit-ins, they knew they were going to get arrested. Sure. They knew they were going to go to jail. And so put, make them put their money where their mouth is, yeah. overload the court systems with lawsuits, overload the court system, overload the, the uh, uh, county uh, people who issue their citations, right, the code enforcement people, overload them. There's just, yeah, that's what Algernon Sidney did. So there you are have lots to figure, of things you, you have to do. factor in. The, the citizen enforcement now. Yeah. You factor that in. Yeah. You have a bunch of Karens and Looney Tunes out so there. Do you got to deal, deal with those too. But you had citizen enforcement during the civil rights movement. Stage a sit-in at Walmart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to do these things. Right. Well, we got to go, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, hope this helps. We will see you next week. 